friends and welcome to the latest edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. It's a Monday, but for the first time this season, I'm afraid it's not a happy Monday we uh, arrive to you on. It is, I'm afraid, a Mauve Monday for the first time this season. Town lost at the weekend. The clocks went back. And of course, the big question is, have Town turned the clocks back on their season as well? We're about to discuss all of that. I'm your host as ever, Mark Heath. Stuart Watson is on a very well-deserved week off. So the two men with me today are... Hutch Hogan, Warren, how are you, my friend? That's the slickest of slick links. I love that clock turning back, turning back thing. You used it on Twitter as well, didn't you? It's great. Wow. Keep... If it's, yeah, if it's good, use it as much as you can. That's what I say. You can't beat the classics. Just keep rolling it out. I like it. And it works, doesn't it, as well, given what happened at the weekend. That, and... that is the beauty of it. it. It works on so many levels. Yeah. Um, it, every time you hear it, there's a new level to it, and it's, uh, <laughs> it will it will live forever. Well, well done. I'm going to ignore your obvious trolling by suggesting you didn't understand my Back to the Future GIF, which I replied to you on Twitter, because um, we all know that obviously you've not seen Back to the Future, but you must be aware of the absolute behemoth of a film that Back to the Future is. I've heard of it. Yes, I've, I'm aware it exists. I still have not watched it, and if I'm if I'm honest, I think I probably I'm probably less likely to watch it. I think uh, I think I think probably the moment has gone for you now. I think unless yeah. as, as a young and impressionable kind of how old was I ten maybe when I first watched it that magic that you first get I, I, I think probably now you, you think it was a good film but you wouldn't have that kind kind of passion as if you'd seen it when you were a kid. Anyway, Hutchie, how was uh, how are you? How was your weekend? Did you did you tackle La Beast or were you too sad? Uh, it was Peterborough Services is not a good place to be. It's closed. Um, not not the services, but we got there and. I don't think Labisse is a venue, which is a which is a tough a tough ask to start with, mm. and also and also El Mex was was closing up by the time we got there, so couldn't do it. So I just had a massive box of of Chinese noodles instead. Nice, but that wasn't a kilo. That's not the deal. Well, it might have been. A, I don't know actually. If I'd taken my scales, it may well have been a kilo. It was compact. The amount of the amount of uh, of weightage they managed to get in there was quite quite impressive. I love the idea of you taking scales with you everywhere now to, I meant to, weigh, to. weigh your food. I genuinely meant to. We've got a little, um, like a little set of scales that we weigh our, our cat's food out with. And right. I, my my bag for away games is laptop, glasses, power cable, coat. Yeah. Uh, I meant. I genuinely meant to take the scales with me just in case, but um, I forgot. But I will. I'll. I'll endeavour to next time. We want to see you eat a kilo of food, actually. It has to be videoed, and ideally it will be La Beast. Speaking of beasts, obviously your partner in crime today is a hairy beast. He's a sexy beast. He's a straight-up beast all over. Roscoe, producer Ross, Rostradamus, Ross Halls, how are you, my hairy young friend? I don't feel like a beast. I've got the sniffles. Uh, my immune system has beaten me for the first time. It's been a while. while. It's been a while. while. I remember you were very ill around the time that coronavirus still breached first yeah. breached these shores and now i feel like you might actually have had coronavirus because at the time yeah. i was quite cutting in my uh <laughs> condemning of you so what have you got now is it just a cold yeah got man flu got you know got sniffles got a sore throat but oh dear oh dear fine can you can you soldier on will you make it through today do you reckon uh yeah i think i'll be all right excellent obviously you have the morning off tomorrow ahead of yeah. the big game um so other than the sniffles roscoe what have you been up to how was your weekend just taking loads of tablets and uh, watching us lose against Lincoln. That was that was really it. It's an interesting it. interesting approach to football fandom. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> normally yeah. a couple of couple of lagers and a pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh dear, oh dear, Ross. Well, I, I hope you make it through, and I hope you feel better soon. Do you know what I did at this this weekend, friends? I no. Well, I was watching fighting, obviously, which made me quite fighting. Um, but also, I uh, we put the garden to bed. Do you do this, boys? What on earth does that mean? That means you get to this time of the year and you, you have to accept you're not going to use your outside seating area anymore and the barbecue's not going to get any more meat slapped on it for another year. So you, you trim back all your uh, your shrubbage, your bushes. You cover your garden furniture in various covers uh, and also clean the barbecue, make sure it's spotless and make sure you haven't left the gas on or, or, or wet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a horrible thing i was faced with when i opened the barbecue i don't think i've cleaned it since the last time we uh 
we'd used it and I, I reckon there might have been a cure for coronavirus growing in there it was <laughs> <laughs> it was it was horrendous so yeah that was the highlight highlight of my weekend was tackling the garden putting the garden to bed i have visions there mate if hoovering your lawn before i have yep. visions there of it having some kind of little um little blanket little that goes, that goes tuck, over tuck it, it in, yeah tuck it in for winter yeah, I've, I've got to tackle the lawn still. I I, uh, I mowed the front lawn, but I've still got to hover the back lawn, which is uh, <laughs> something I'll probably do tomorrow. Anyway, boys, we've put it off long enough by this trivial banter that we have. Um, let's talk about football, which is what we're all here today. The Ipswich Town lost at the weekend again, um, back-to-back defeats, 1-0 at Lincoln, so not the 4-1 tonking they were handed at Doncaster, but even so, disappointing. Um, I want to talk, obviously, about what... The kind of main line we discussed, Hutchie, when we spoke about the defeat on Wednesday was needing to see a reaction. Um, but first of all, what, what did you make of the selection? We, we talked, obviously, as well about um, hoping that Lambert wasn't going to make wholesale changes. In the end, he didn't. He only made four changes. But what, what did you make of the, of the team when it was released? Yeah, I thought that was absolutely fine. It, um, it felt stronger. Um, I think you said in a, in a tweet at the weekend, Hawkins and Ward at the moment, if fit, they come in and have to play, and I'd agree with that. You can't. We'll talk about Stephen Ward a bit more in a minute, but you can't. You can't not play those guys. There's obvious upgrade opportunities there. One change in the midfield, and then nice to see Lancaster get a start as well. So, um, yeah, no, no issues with, no issues issues with the team. But just by the end of the game, I just felt, I just felt, ugh, <laughs> that that that. I don't know if I, I want to say an awful lot more. It just it just felt uh, yeah at the end of it because I felt like I'd seen that game from Ipswich so many times yeah. uh, over the course of over the course of Paul Lambert's time as manager. Really seen that game so many times. Some some good spells of football, but just no no cutting edge really. It didn't. They had some chances, but it didn't feel like they were going to score and and. To feel like it's kind of slipping back into that and that feeling of, uh, mm. is just, that's the concern for me. I've, 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 we've seen this before and, and that and that and that's what, what, what worried me from, from this game, really. Let me ask you, Roscoe, and then I'll come back to Hutchie. When we spoke on Wednesday, obviously you, you were off getting a haircut and you looked particularly sharp as a result. Um, we, all of us discussed the, the need, saying it wouldn't be the end of the world necessarily if Town lost against Lincoln, but we all wanted to see a reaction of some kind from from the Tonking at Doncaster, bravery, creativity, whatever you want to call it. We wanted to see some kind of reaction. Roscoe, did you see any kind of reaction from Town on Saturday? Uh, I think, yeah, first 20 minutes I thought we did okay. Um, you know, there's moments in the game where just, as you know, Hutchie said, there's just no cut and edge from us, mm. really. Um, so probably didn't get a reaction we wanted. Um, but in terms of playing in a weird in a weird way, I think we played better at Doncaster in the first 20 minutes because, we, of course, we got our goal and we created yeah. some chances. Just this game had nothing in it, really. I think neither side deserved to win, really. I think, you know, they just got their penalty and there they go. They're happy with the three points, but... Which is a really nothing game. Just nothing really made me feel any better than I was Saturday. So, yeah, <laughs> happy days. Hutchie, did you see any, any kind of reaction from town? Obviously, there were a couple of red cards, which we'll come on to in due course, which is, I guess, an angry reaction. But you talked um, last week about needing to see bravery in the first 10 to 15 minutes and really, really going for it. Did you, did you see anything like that? I'd agree with Ross, really. it was. A, it, I think would nil-nil if nil-nil would have been a fair result from this game and I'll be honest it's not a reaction that I I would have been hugely hugely pleased with Um, Paul Lambert said on Friday before this game that he was convinced that he would get a reaction and I I I hope that wasn't the reaction that he was talking about um, because because it it wasn't enough if you ask me Um, I say we've seen this game so many times before and I feel like uh, from all of those games we talk about, yeah, yeah, started well, first 20 minutes and then it just turns into like a sludge, sludgy, ugh. And that's that's how I felt after it really. Um, probably not not the reaction that I was 
hoping for from them after the Doncaster game. Hmm. We should just mention, actually, obviously last uh, last week there were issues, technical issues with Hutchie's Wi-Fi. And I appreciate those of you who stuck with us through that show because it was uh, kind of filling the blanks at times. But Hutchie today has made the ultimate sacrifice and actually braved coronavirus to head into our office, um, which is where he's sat at the moment. So he is a hero. Uh, I hope you all listening appreciate that. Fingers crossed his connection will be much better today as a result. Hutchie, let's talk about the game itself then. Obviously, 1-0, the penalty, the red cards. Where do you want to start? What should we talk about first? Let, let's start with the goal because that's oh. that's what ultimately decided a, a contest that um, a contest that I, I think was a, a nil nil game between between two sides who were, were pretty average, quite frankly. Mm. Um, and sadly, sadly, it's a Toto penalty again. The second one, the second one in a week. But I, I've got to be completely honest. I, I've seen a lot of debate about this. It's a soft one, but for me that was that was a penalty. I think he's given the referee a decision to make when he really didn't have to. There's one little shoulder that comes in. Admittedly, an adult uh, may not have been knocked over by that. It was a teenage boy, Brennan Johnson, against a big hulking centre back. But but Toto's given him he's given him the decision to make. Um, and again, I'll be honest, I feared when the two. When Brennan Johnson kind of got the shoulder on on Toto, 25 yards out from goal, and started running towards the box, the instant fear was that this is gonna this is gonna end in a penalty, and and sadly that's that's what happened because I've been thoroughly enjoying Toto's return um, and the way that he's managed to turn turn things around and perform really well to start the season, but there are some issues that are underlying there and have hit him before. They're beginning to hit him again. I'd, I'd agree that some some people have said that yeah, Toto's maybe earned himself a reputation that isn't helping him at the moment. Even on reputation, um, just about. I think I think it was a penalty, and, and then from there, um, they've got a penalty taker in George Grant, who he's the leading scorer in League One. He scored six goals, and five of them are penalties, so he doesn't miss, and that's that's job done. From that, from there, there was. Didn't feel like there was a way a way back for Ipswich particularly. Yeah, I mean the penalty. You're right. It was uh, initially watching it. I thought it was soft, but uh, as you say, he, he's given the, the referee kind of the option there, hasn't he, to to award something. He didn't really need to do what he did. Uh, and even though it was a fairly lamentable tumble to the floor, um, you, you see those given all the time. Were you? What did you make of the penalty, Roscoe? I just went toto toto toto. To, to. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> just, yeah, well, you know, I thought it was soft as well. Yeah, you know, I was a stand, I'm a standard fan. Went, no, what are you talking about, ref? And then you know, you watch it back and go, yeah, yeah. sort of given the ref as Hutchie said that option. So yeah, penalty. And then yeah, I, yeah, I knew they was going to score it, and there we go. What about what about? I mean, we have to mention guys, uh, the referee, I suppose, because um, I know in your Sunday snap. Hutchie, you uh, you made reference to Kevin Johnson, the referee, last season um, as one of the worst referees in League One. Um, and he had a, another funny old game, didn't he? Because before the goal, uh, Bishop was essentially mugged a couple of times. Um, what, what did you make of, of the referee on Saturday, Hutchie? I know, obviously, Lambert's come out afterwards and said some things, yeah. including we lost to the referee. And I want to I talk more about the stuff mm. that came out with after the game in a minute. But what, what did you make of the ref? Away from... He had a bizarre game. Away from the, away from the penalty incident, it it was just bizarre. It, it wasn't. I didn't feel like it was anything that overly impacted the result. Away from away from the penalty incident, clearly that's an issue that we need to talk about. But there were some just very strange decisions in there. He spent a minute talking to Liam Bridker about how to take a drop ball. At one point, um, <laughs> he tried and then did it again. He get. I, looked to me like he gave an offside decision which ended up having the free kick taken in the half of the team that was found offside um and just just bizarre um some odd decisions but i'm not going i'm the, the then we've got i guess we have to talk about bishop don't we there was bishop i spoke to teddy this morning actually sitting in game and he thinks both both of those little nibbles that were had on him in, in the Ipswich half maybe should have been fouled. Um, mm. 
I'm not sure about the first one. Um, I think he bishops off balance and has gone down. And Ed, Tayo Eden has... He's definitely got the ball in the second one, but he has taken a, a really quite big chunk of Teddy Bishop before getting to it. So I can see why they're aggrieved at that, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure it quite deserved the, the levels that, that Paul Lambert reached both at full time and then in the post-match, post-match press conference. Yeah. We've got to mention, obviously, the red cards as well. Nolan steaming in, um, getting a straight red, and then Lambert being shown a red after the final whistle. Hints of honey badger from years past. Um, I mean, the Nolan, the Nolan red was a red all day long, wasn't it, actually, don't you think? I think that's a, a really silly, really silly thing to do. Um, at that time in the game, Ninety, I think it was 90 plus, plus two they'd reached at this point. It's, it's vicious, it's dangerous, um, and not the first time that, that John Nolan's put in tackles like that um but at, at a time where there's no cold skews there's no flin downs um everything's getting that bit stretched in terms of of injuries to, to then allow frustration to rule you out of I'm pretty sure it's going to be games for that um is silly um i think he's ultimately let let his teammates down there and hopefully that doesn't cause them an issue over the course of the next three league games, but it wasn't a tackle I liked at all, um, no. both in terms of its intent and how it actually how it actually played out. I don't know what you guys thought. Oh, it, was a, it was a horrendous tackle. It was clearly clearly a red card, Roscoe. Do you disagree? No, no, no yeah, I completely agree. That was I was at that stage. I was like, yeah, we're going to lose now. Well, we have lost. And then I looked and I went, oh, John Noda, what are you doing? No. And yeah, so, there we go. Did you make boys of, of of Lambert kind of putting his arm around Nolan though, um, almost kind of saying it's all right, mate, don't worry about it. Um, and then obviously Lambert get gets shown a red card after the final whistle, and we think he's gonna he's gonna miss the game certainly tomorrow, Hutchie. And we don't know how many more games he might miss. Was that was that basically just for going up to the ref and giving him shit, Hutchie? Was that? I think that's I think that's the uh, I think that's the impression that we're getting um, on Lambert. Um, the club is still waiting for official confirmation from touchline or anything like that but they're expecting that to be the case I don't think it's going to be for the length I can't remember how many games he got for the incident at Norwich those mm. those few years ago but that ended up having a, like a disciplinary hearing and things like that around it um, that's not going to be the case this time I don't think so it, it could just be one I don't know but um, mm. in, in any case well, is that going to make any kind of effort difference whatsoever at the moment given that he can go and sit in the stand in an empty stadium Good and point. It, his, voice, his voice is going to be just as like audible to his to his players and to his staff as yeah. it would have been would have been sort of stood on the touchline. I don't generally you'd go and sit in the director's box. I think is where is where Paul has gone previously during bands. That's like six meters, seven meters away from the bench in an empty that's, ground. Do you know what? So, that's uh, a, that is a great shout, actually. Because obviously, normally fans everywhere, you're not going to be able to hear the managers so much. But now, yeah, he's there, he could just sit there with a megaphone if you needed to, couldn't he? And just continue to bark yeah, out orders. Doesn't, doesn't matter, and you get a better view. You might like yeah. it. <laughs> Maybe it was tactical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, um, yeah, they're expecting that to be the case, but they've not had official confirmation on any on any kind of ban for him at the okay. moment. But yeah, no, but Nolan Nolan will be banned for three games. Before we move on to talk about what Lambert said after the game, I want to, are there any other notes from the game? Hutchie did, or, or Ross, did any of the players kind of uh, redeem themselves in any way or stand out for you? Were you was there anyone that impressed Hutchie? Not not hugely. I thought Ollie, Ollie Hawkins was maybe the best of the bunch. I, I you know, I, admirable the way that he he kind of worked throughout. And if he had scored that, that header that he had in the first half, which was absolutely monstrous from a corner at the, at the beyond, well beyond the back post, managed to get a thick head on it and proper meaty header right the way back across the goal into the far corner. Sadly, they had a man on the line. If that had gone in, that would have been one of the best headed goals I've ever seen. So I would have loved to have seen that. Um, on Edwards at the other end of the heading spectrum. Um, he really should have had goal number number six of the season for you, Ross, but uh, but but didn't. Um, that was their best chance, really. Um, 
I just thought that Lincoln sat so Lincoln sat in deep, and I, I worry that there's a bit of a blueprint for playing Ipswich Town emerging now that they sort of a team sits deep, um, doesn't give them room to run. Teddy Bishop was saying this morning that he didn't feel like he had any kind of space to get on the on the ball and drive towards goal because there was so much traffic in his way, and then that's just how it becomes workmanlike for for Ipswich, and and I worry that maybe a blueprint is emerging and there's this is the time we maybe need to think about ways of, of getting around it. That would be my uh, that would be my sort of lingering thoughts from this one. Yeah. Darren Maundrell, one of the Carrie Army, said something similar actually. He says the last two games have shown the whole league how to beat us with how Lambert wants to play. One, press the back and they'll give the ball away. Or two, sit back, let us have the ball in our own half, as we've only got one up front even when we're losing and have a striker on the bench, plan B needed. Um, Roscoe, was there anything that stood out for you player-wise from the game? Anything else you want to mention before we talk about Lambert, what you said after the game? No. Oh, excellent. <laughs> okay. Bad. Bad, Short but sweet. Um, yeah. After the game then, Hotchi, Lambert said, use the following words, brilliant, unbelievable football, we dominated, I can't ask for any more. Your thoughts, please. I, that worried me. Um, yeah, I, I, it's not it's not the game that I saw. If I'm completely honest, um, it's gone well well beyond levels of praise that that the performance deserved. Um, I get I get that it's difficult for a manager after games to to um, to speak publicly, and they there are things you want to say that you, you might say that aren't necessarily your true feeling on a matter um, because you, that's what you want your players to hear you saying publicly. But um, not for me. It's not, not, not for me, that one. FPL Fracto agrees. He says, I'm assuming Lambert's comments about a brilliant performance were a deflection, so people left the players alone and focused on him. It's definitely time for us to bring in some of the guys who've waited patiently, Wolfland and definitely Bennett's McGuinness. Perhaps judge at number 10 and um, take a few more thoughts um, from the carry army. I mean, I asked what should Lambert do for Tuesday? Um, and there was a lot of people, including our old friend Skylar, who says, what should Lambert do for Tuesday? Start packing and browsing the job section of LMA website. Make ITFC great again. His conduct and delusional comments after the game were not emblematic of frustration, but a man who knows he's drowning. Um, Paul Barber, Lambert should do the only thing that's honourable uh, and resign. Danish Stewdrop says, if you were Marcus Evans, who would you be schmoozing at this current time to be Lambert's replacement? Luke Moyles says, um, I'd sack Lambert. Last two games are clearly evidence the season will be exactly the same as last season and we can't afford to be the case. Um, where are, so are we? Take a few more. Uh, ITFC thoughts, back-to-back losses in League One, not acceptable. We kept the ball well at times, but created next to nothing. We need six points from the next two. I'd bring in Cornell, Wolfie and Bennett. But maybe well, Lambert will stick by the players, though, as he blamed the ref. For defeat, Matt Polly, I think, is is possibly going for the title of the most negative town fan. He's a very angry man, Matt. Um, said before, Donny and Lincoln games, I feared the worst and it would be informative as to where we stand. As usual, I got shot down for being negative. That's from me. Um, wonder if anyone would agree with me when we're playing non-league football. It'll be too late by then. Um, and Kev says, the Lambert Out Brigade back, which didn't take long. Surely it's a massive week with these two home games. Back to winning ways or the calls will become... Louder and louder. And our old friend, actually, Little Melon Man. Friend of, friend of the show with his tiny little melon man head. His tiny <laughs> little little melon man with his little <laughs> melon head. <laughs> he says Lambert should make way for a manager who can improve the players we have, get the sum of our parts at least, and review a match without trying to gaslight the fans. And he adds, blimey, I'm in a right old strop this evening. Um, so there's a lot of people there saying that Lambert needs to, to be sacked. Clearly, that's um, that's highly unlikely. We have to deal in realism here um so yeah uh not good obviously uh, what you want though is, is more games to to try and calm the crowd and get back on the on the winning run Gillingham tomorrow we'll talk about shortly and then crew at the weekend but so we have a small pause for some entertainment some light relief and shall i hand over to ross for the strike Hello and welcome to another edition of 
the strike. Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth. Producer Ross. <coughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, oh, I'll hold that in. That's the best intro yet. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So here we are. It's been a while. It's been we had a little break last week, didn't we? From the strike. Well, only because you were you were having your hair cut and you were off. Yeah. We decided to yeah, do it. I'm know. getting feedback on you, Ross. Have you got your headphones oh, in? Yeah, let me Oh god. Can you hear me? Is that fine? That's better, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, let's jump in. My favourite new word as well, jump in. <laughs> Yeah, so blast from the past, and my doorbell's just gone. Oh, can I get my doorbell? <laughs> Is that like a, a rhetorical question or? No. Uh... We'll talk oh, amongst no. ourselves, shall we? This, yes, is, this yes. is this is a, an incredibly professional start to the strike. How are you then, Hutchie? While Ross gets his door, what do you reckon it is? Do you reckon who do you reckon's at Ross's door? be something from amazon i reckon he was forever getting amazon packages sent to the office do you remember i do yeah it felt, it felt like he was building a bomb or something <laughs> just like every day just these little little packages um arrive this is the point where we would normally have a discussion about whether or not to just quit this section and start it again but i kind of feel like we should just leave it in what do you reckon mark i think let's just keep it rolling because it, it, it yeah. shows it shows a shambolic side that we all uh, we all know and love uh, from moscow i'm obviously going to ask him when he comes back what it was um i hope it's a, maybe it's a christmas present maybe maybe yeah. start shopping i've started my christmas shopping actually have you absolutely not of course, of course you haven't you don't get anyone any presents do have you? you have you not been have you not been like reading the, the tabloids christmas is cancelled that's hey. what that's Christmas. what they keep. That's what they keep saying. It's been cancelled. Christmas is never cancelled in a Heath household. One of the best times of the year. Um, <laughs> I've already I've already started investing in Christmas gifts. What have you got for me? Uh, I haven't got anything for you as yet, mate. Because you don't do presents, do you? You um you don't buy presents. True. You don't receive them either. So, uh, not strictly true. That's just between me and my wife. What's um what's the what's the what's the gift going to be for for young Jessica this year? A camera. A little a camera. Kid. Like you know, Polaroid. Yeah. Camera. She's two and a half. I think she'll. Uh, I think she will um, really quite enjoy that. Just taking photos and they come out instantly for her. I think she'll like that. That sounds Ho- outstanding. Yeah. Hopefully she's not listening. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure, I'm sure she is. Um, what's it like being in the office? What's she doing? I'm still here. I'm here. I'm oh, you're here. How long no. have you been there? Uh, Thirty seconds. I just thought I'll let you finish that little conversation. So. What was it at the door, Ross? Uh, I was all no excuse. I didn't have the strike questions ready. No, I'm joking. No, it was um, something for Sasha in a yellow box. So I don't know. It could be anything. A yellow box. That sounds yeah. exciting. I think it's something for her hair. Okay. So... Shall we get on with the strike? <laughs> yes, yes. Let's do it. So um, as I was saying, blast from the past. Stern John is making another appearance on the strike. Good. Because um, it's his birthday well, this week. Welcome Excellent. back, Stern. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Once again, he, he scored one goal in nine appearances for town. But uh, from which club was he on loan from? Was it Crystal Palace, Sunderland, or Southampton? Stern John. Um, obviously, Hutch, you'll know the answer to this. I think it was Sunderland. Okay. I think it was uh, Crystal Palace. It was Crystal Palace. It's a trick question. He played for all three of these clubs, so... You know, but it was Crystal Palace he was on loan from. One nil, Hutchie. Big, big shock. Yeah. One nil. Hutchie <laughs> boy. Time flashback. Kevin Horlock turns 48 this week. He made 62 appearances for the Blues and left town in 2006 to join which club? Scunthorpe United, Swindon Town, or Doncaster Rovers? He joined this club on loan before joining them permanently. From town. Hmm. What was this? Gunthorpe? Swindon, Town and Doncaster. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Swindon just because of the way you said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it. It wasn't Swindon. He was a Swindon uh, 
he started his career at Swindon. Uh, I'm going to guess between the other... Uh, Don Doncaster. It's Doncaster. No. Oh. oh, good guess. Boring. <laughs> Once again, trick question. He also played for Scumthorpe, so, you know. I see, where you're, I see where you're going with these. Yeah. yeah. Tricks at every turn. Pretty much. This, this, well, numbers game is never a trick. It is. You just got to <laughs> guess the closest to the, the correct number. So, um, yeah, Gillingham, come to Portland Road on Tuesday. Well, tomorrow. Yeah. Well, if you listen today, then today. Uh, how many times has Town beat Gillingham in 24 games? Played them 24 times. How many times has Town beaten Gillingham in 24 games? Um, you go first, Hutchie. Give me a chance. Uh, I'm going to guess. 14. I'm going to say 13. It's 11. Yes, Ooh. come on. 2-1. Am I back in it? Is there any more questions? Well, there's a tiebreaker, so this could be... Let's, do it. Let's just say next, next goal wins. Let's yeah. just do it. Golden goal. Our tiebreaker. Once again, it's the same question as Gillingham. How many times, as we're playing Liam from Crew, it's boys, Crew, at Portland Road on Saturday... Yeah. How many times have Town beaten Crew in 16 games? They've only played them 16 times. Yeah. Um, how many times have Town beaten Crew uh, in 16 games? Eight. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Oh. Uh, I will go seven. He's actually the magic ten. Yes! Ten Does that mean I've won? Well, yeah. Well, that's the tie. Now we need another tie break. Uh, yeah, you can have it. Next goal Next goal was the winner. I've won. You've won. I don't, I don't want to win just by you handing it to me, but I know Ross hasn't got another tiebreaker lined up, understandably. so do, do one about chocolate calories again or whatever it was that, that one time, Ross. What's, say something in, in front of you and we'll, we'll do a guessing game. Uh, open, open Sasha's thing. See what it is. We'll guess what it is. Uh... Uh, <laughs> I have a breakfast bar here. Yes. What uh, is it? A special Kellogg's bar. Now, special, special K. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So now, what flavour is it? Is it strawberry, blueberry? <laughs> can't we do? Can't we do calories? I can't. There's, I can't see a calorie on the bar. It just uh, says not to be sold individually. Uh, um. What flavour is the special K bar you've got in front of you? That's essentially how we're going to decide this week's strike. Yeah. So strawberry, blueberry, or apricot. Uh, I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say it's strawberry. Okay. I don't think it's apricot because no. you. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, uh... <laughs> well, if you've said strawberry, I'll, I'll say I'll say blueberry. Okay, stru- strawberry. Yes! Yeah. Come actually, from actually, behind! Actually, it's cherry, actually. Oh, oh. Jesus Christ, man. Can, anyway. Can, can we cancel the strike? Yeah, let's, that... just, let's just bail oh. out, shall we? Let, let's bail out. There, there, can be, there can be no winner. It's been an absolute farce from beginning to end. Um, speak, speaking of farces, oh. uh, oh, oh, you need to obviously outro as well now, don't you? I've just got to call Barry back from Chelmsford quickly. He didn't play on the weekend, so he's just chilling at his, at his home. So, Baz, take away, my friend. Hi, guys. Barry Cotter here. That was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross. Tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show. It's Have nice that Barry. It's nice that Barry is carrying on doing that for us, isn't it? As I say, yeah. at least it does give him something to do, being he's not playing um, anywhere. Do you, do you think he's happy putting his name to that? <laughs> I don't think completely so. honest. That was a shambles, Rossi. Yeah, yeah. From the start to the end, out of practice. <laughs> you, had, you had a week off, you see, and, uh, and that's what yeah, happens. Pretty so much. I'd imagine ne- by next week we'll be back up to form. Yeah. Um, Boys, obviously we have to move on now and talk about Gillingham, the side that um, Town play at Portman Road tomorrow. Um, they're not in good form. They've lost three in a row, all uh, all by the the, uh, the scoreline of 2-0. So something there for predictions later on, maybe. Um, 
But Hutch, I guess the obvious question, which um, every every town fan is talking about now, is what what to do with the side. Obviously, Lambert said he's not he wasn't going to make whole. He gave the chance to um, redeem themselves after the uh, the mistakes they made at Blackpool. So, what does he do now? Do you reckon with the with the side? Is it time for for Toto to have a seat, for example? Well, he said, didn't he, about you know, one once you'll get the benefit of the doubt from me, mm. tw- twice then you're out, essentially, to paraphrase. Um, it was quite firm. It was quite simple and direct to the players. So, on the face of it, you'd think a second penalty in the space of five days, or whatever it was, he's, Toto's going to be going to be struggling. Um, I'd have thought some someone will come in um, at the back, at the back for him. The obvious one's Luke Wolfenden, but mm. don't don't rule out Mark McGuinness, and that would be if that was to happen, which I'm not certain it will. But just don't don't rule it out. If if it's not Luke Wolfenden coming in, then there's some questions to be asked there. But um, no, I think I think everybody. When if you ask anybody, the the desired one would be get Luke Wolfenden back in that side, wouldn't it? Hmm. Few few thoughts here from the Coe Army. FPL Tracks has given us a whole team. He says uh, Holy Chambers. He wants the Wolfenbiss. Ken Locke, he says, I'm assuming Ward can't do three games in a week. Uh, midfield of Dazelle, Hughes, Judge, Bennettson Edwards out wide and Hawkins in the middle. Luke Penning, he's been saying this for a little while. I'd love to see McGuinness and Wolfenden. How far away are we actually from seeing that happen? I think a 4-2-3-1 with Lancaster in the 10 role would suit us better in our current predicament. Edwards left and then Bennett's right would help in supporting Hawkins better. That's echoed by Sam Rogers. Who says if Hawkins plays the midfield triangle has to be turned with a ten and outside forwards to deliver crosses. If you keep the midfield triangle as it is and you play pace up front, Sears, he says, with those forwards. But Lambert keeps muddling the two. He doesn't actually call Lambert by his name, he calls him something else, which I shan't repeat. Um and then Lib, our friend over in America, um, says Wolf in for Toto, and I think Bennett's over Lancaster as it's too soon for him to start again, and then judge for Nolan as long as he's fit. Roscoe, what would what would you do? With the lineup, are you are you dropping Toto and who you're bringing in? Yeah, I'm sorry Toto, but I think he's got to go now after those. I mm. wouldn't. I'll keep Wilson in now. I thought I thought, I thought Wilson's been doing okay. Yeah. Um. Once again, you know, playing for the back isn't his forte, but everything else he does, I think he does all right. So I'll bring Wolfie in. Uh, and I'll give maybe. A first start, yeah. An opportunity to because he's been very lively when he comes off the bench. Um, mm. So you know why not give him a first start? And that's really what will change midfield wise. You know, one thing we didn't mention: we are missing Downs. Definitely that that sort of game is when we needed Downs, the Lincoln game and the Doncaster game, of course. Um, mm. I do like the idea maybe switching the midfield three, maybe going more attacking, but then also. You know, you need that protection for Dazelle as well in that, that position. I think having them two players in front of him, you know, more deep is more ideal. Um, mm. But yeah, once again, our midfield, we were like raving about how many midfielders we've got now, but now Nolan's suspended and Downs out injured and stuff, and stuff. it's sort of like, oh, what, what are we going to do there? Um, mm. So yeah, that's, that's not much else I would change, really. Who's you bringing for Nolan? Um, oh god, he'll, he'll probably just play Hughes when he if Hughes is fit, yeah. Yeah, so, so. Um, yeah, I'll just go with that. A few thoughts before I go back to Hutchie. Sindre Elison, our, our Viking friend, says, I'm the last one to spread unnecessary negativity, but how often does a player need to have a good game followed by a run of average or bad ones for us, slash you, to still feel confident the player is good? Nolan, for me. Looks bright every seventh game, perhaps. I'm 100% with Hutch that he's shown glimpses throughout his two years at town. But can we honestly count these good games on more than one or two hands? Two seasons and a seldom bright spark is just not enough. I'd love to see him cut it, but in my opinion, he's just not delivered enough. Um, Ross Evans says, with another good start to the season being another false dawn, it seems. Do you think Lambert will go back to the rotating of players when they have a bad game? Or are we going to see him stick with the same side that played the first six games? I'd hate to think he hasn't learned his lesson, but I've got a funny feeling we could see, be seeing a carbon copy of last year. Stay safe, gents. <clears throat> and this moves on to the next question I'll ask you, Hutchie. Uh, from Nigel G, friend of the show. 
Tiro. Read it now if you're not. Um, summed it up for me. Average performance and little creativity going forward. Why are our players constantly underperforming? 4-3-3 should lend itself to more attacking football. Also, why can't anyone take a decent corner or free kick? So, Hachi, I'm going to come back to you and ask you, you say that Toto should sit down. A, how many more changes would you make to the team? And B, what do town do about this free kick scenario? Because I know that was in your Sunday snap. Luke Chambers has gone on record as saying he wants a pop at free kicks. So what would you do about that? Let's go for that one first. I would love to see him try. I would absolutely love it. Um, I'm not sitting here convinced that that's the answer, um, hmm. but I would love to see him try. Jack Lancaster is one that I would like to see have a pop from them. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been an issue, hasn't it? Um, on the team, um, I know some people would be would be keen for the Wolfenden McGuinness partnership to come into the side. That that isn't what I would do. I, I think James Wilson has absolutely deserved to be in there and still oh. deserves to be in there. I'd be worried about simply chucking Wolfenden and McGuinness in there, particularly McGuinness, who we've all you know, clearly he played very well for Arsenal in that EFL Trophy game. But that's that is all we know of him. Um, I'm not sure I'd be rushing to get him into the side ahead of Wilson, who's been been playing pretty well, and uh, mm-hmm. and Wolfenden. But you you never know; he may just be the one that steps up into the team. You don't know because Lambert has been Lambert's been pretty pretty high on the praise for him. Whenever mm-hmm. whenever you talk about options, it's always and Mark McGuinness. Don't forget, don't forget him. So it wouldn't surprise me if he was the one that came in, but I think Wolfenden is the, maybe the sensible choice. Um, other changes. I think it's time for Keenan Bennett's. I'd, yeah. like, I'd like to see that. It's got his pace, pacey, um, direct. I'd like to see that. And I'd agree with a couple of the the points that were in there about about the midfield. Um, I think maybe maybe it's time for a slight rejig in there. Um, Dazelle in that deeper role is beginning to get a little bit hassled, harried. Um, Player. Opposition players know that that's what he's there to do, to kind of sit deep and play from there. So I'd maybe be tempted in this game, maybe you go Hughes and Dazelle as a two with with a number 10 ahead of them. I'd, ha- I'd be happy for that to be Teddy Bishop, but I think I would also, if fit, Alan Judge would be would be the man that I go for in that number 10 position with, with wingers mm. either side of Edwards and Bennett's Pace and direct running either side. Um, with a ten in the middle, who can who can wander a bit more freely and 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 it can work there. But you have to support Hawkins a bit more um, mm. if if you're going to increase that that goal threat threat. So that's that's probably what I'd do. How do we feel about this game? Then there's an interesting storyline. Gillingham men going into this game. Um, as I say, they've lost three in a row. Uh, and at the weekend, our old friend Steve Evans, formerly um, an adversary of Lambert, shall we say, um, was was not happy at all about coronavirus testing or lack of coronavirus testing um i think they played fleetwood at the weekend yeah they did they lost 2-0 to fleetwood fleetwood have just played accrington had um some positive coronavirus tests and evans was livid that fleetwood players weren't tested for coronavirus ahead of their game at the weekend so i'd suggest to you actually you don't get too close to the uh, the town players tomorrow <laughs> um, but I mean, this is bluntly. This is a game that, that town have to win, isn't it? And they should. They should win. Um, Chillingham, as I say, not in not in any uh, any great form themselves. How do you see it going, Roscoe? Mm. Uh well, hopefully better than the Boxing Day Boar Fest when we last played them. Yeah. At Porton Road, that was not a nice Boxing Day to see us draw nil nil with Chillingham. Uh, normally, that is you know the best time of the year. You know, football Boxing Day. And we had it was just nothing. Um, as you said, they're three defeats in a row, so they're not going to be wanting to make it four. So they will turn up. But you know, we played already this year. You know, our kids played their kids slash some of their experienced players, and we beat them two nil. Um, we just need to bounce back now. I think I know we've got no crowds at the moment, but home games. I think you still need to try to win because mm. you know it's nice to have a home you know record, your home comforts and all that. So, yeah, need a win today, uh, tomorrow. What are you saying then? What's your prediction? Uh, I don't. Well, I don't see many goals in this. Uh, although I'm about to say two-one, which is that means three goals. But yeah, 
I'm sort of, yeah. <laughs> you're, say, you're, say, you're saying 2-1 town. I'll just read yeah. out a couple couple more thoughts from the carry-on before I come to you, Hutchie. Um, Richard Moss says, two games we should win, then Sunderland away, and we all know how that will go. Two steps forward, one step back. Sam Chapman, two scrappy games coming up, and then we'll get turned over in Sunderland. Hull will do us as well. This is turning into a carbon copy of last season. As the hybrid on Battlestar Galactica used to say, all this has happened before and all this will happen again. That that reference has completely gone over my head, but um, I'm assuming other people will know what that means. Um, and Chris Bennett says, I'm confident our record against the top six will improve once we have Jackson, Dryden and Norwood back. Hawkins is good for bringing others into play only at the moment, in his opinion. So, Hutchie, what do you reckon is going to happen tomorrow? Yeah, they need to win these games. Um, clearly, Clearly, some of the the feeling of, of last season is sort of crept back in just after these two away defeats. It was never going to go away. We mm. saw never going to go away quickly anyway. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of convincing that still needs to be done to convince people that have watched Ipswich regularly over the last 18 months that, that they're going to be capable of, of being real, real promotion challenges, myself included. So yeah, they need to win these games. I think they will. I think, I think they will win this game. Um, but I'll be completely honest. I think win this game, win the crew game. I think I think the real the real game that we, we we're going to get to the end of this run, and the real game we're going to be keeping an eye on is the Sunderland away game on November the third. Mm. Because should Ipswich beat Gillingham at home? Yes. Should they be beating Crew at home? Yes. Last is win against top six top six promotion rivals. They didn't do it last season. Um, they've not done it. They've not done it this weekend at at Lincoln, and I guess you could you could put Doncaster in that boat too. So that's the game that, that you're really going to get to, and want to see want to see what Ipswich are all about. Excellent evoking of your absent partner there by asking yourself questions ahead of that. Um, at least I answered them as part of that question. Yeah. Um, what What do you reckon the score is going to be tomorrow, then Hutchie? Can I push you to get a score? Yeah, I'll go with what you suggested. The two the two nil. Uh, route. That seems to be the uh, the betting favourite. I would say they've lost three in a row, all two nil. Um, okay, then, boys. So that's been uh, that's been fairly depressing. Let's try and finish on a high note. Two things I want to talk about before we take our leave this week. First one, Kieran Dyer is coming back to the club. He revealed on Sky Sports yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure he should have revealed that, if I'm honest. But um, <laughs> I'm not sure Tom ready to announce it. But anyway, he is going to come back. He's going to be the uh, the new under twenty three manager. Starting on Thursday, I'm delighted. I, you know, um, we've obviously had quite a lot to do with Kieran over the years, and he has this kind of bad boy from his from his playing days, um, which he, he he did quite a lot to earn. To be fair to him, uh, but you talk to him, uh, and he is a, he is a very deep thinker, especially about football. Incredibly passionate about football, and 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 kind of working his way up the ladder. Um, has, has a lot of thoughts about how to play the game, uh, and obviously very passionate about about town as well. I think it's great. He's back at town and will be, and be kind of learning and um, working his way up the ladder at town. Hutchie, your take on, on Kieran back at town? Yeah, I, I agree with you. To have, to have such a, a, a guy that's so passionate about the football club, even after everything he's gone off and done, still lives in the area, still loves the area. He's an Ipswich boy. He loves Ipswich. He loves Ipswich town. Um, and for him to sort of be living here and not working for the club just didn't didn't seem right. I think he's used that time... Uh, wisely, he's he's gone off and and done all sorts. He's taken himself off to Belgium a, a few times, to, where his old mate Craig Bellamy's coaching with Vincent Company, and he's he's learned a lot there. He's been to other clubs. He's coached young England sort of age group players. He's gone in and done that with Titus Bramble, and he's learned a lot. He's come back in at a higher level than he was at before, assisting the under 18s and it makes an awful lot of sense to have somebody like that back at the football club when they're on the doorstep and, and know the club know the club so well and clearly clearly as well he's he's a player that the, the players like the young the young players who have worked with him have always really enjoyed working with him um mm. so i don't think there's any any negative to take from this from this whatsoever welcome back kieran and uh yeah all the best and he's made no secret either of the fact that he wants to be Ipswich Town boss one day. And obviously that's a fair way off in the future, you'd imagine. Certainly no suggestion he's going to come in and take over. But um, I just think it's great he's back at the club. Can you see Can you see Kieran Dyer being town manager one day, Ross? Is that something you'd like to see? Yeah, I'd like to see it, definitely. Because um, 
all of our recent history in terms of players, you know, getting success. You know, George Burley did it. He was a player for us and he then got us promoted. Mm. And then, you know, can Kieran Dar do it? Wait and see. And um, as, you know, Hutch said, he, he, he sounds like he knows his stuff. Um, he knows a lot of the young players already. You know, one play, you know, was under-18s coach with Adam Ate. Yeah. Um, so he's going to know these players already. Some of them who are playing on 23s, he was coaching for the under-18s and now they've progressed to that stage. Um, and he knows the club in it now. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe this season possibly, but <laughs> we won't get too far ahead of ourselves. Of course, people, yeah. that's what people are saying already. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's probably a little bit further away from that um, yeah. than, than this season. But certainly, I think I think Kieran Dyer would would be a, a great choice one day as its rich town manager. I think he'd surprise a lot of people as well who maybe have a kind of old fashioned um, view of him from from back in his playing days. Um, but yeah, I think he'd do a great job for town. And also, of course, Kieran Dyer. Actually serves as a great segue into the next thing I want to talk about. The other happy, the reason to be happy this week. Kieran Dyer is part of your excellent Wembley 2000 retrospective video, um, which is going out on Wednesday night. Tell us all about it. Yep, Kieran Kieran kindly gave up some time to be in that. Obviously, he wasn't in the team. He'd been sold by that point, but he was at the game. And I don't think there was a bigger Ipswich fan at that game than Kieran Dyer on that day. But yeah, seven o'clock Tuesday night. Um, Excited to finally show it to people six months after it come out. But such is the world we live in. Um, hopefully people really enjoy it because it was fun to make. And um, hopefully it's something people that will bring back a lot of really good, really good memories for people. Um, keep an eye on our website and kind of social media over the next day or so. And there'll be details about exactly how to watch that. But it'll be a, a YouTube premiere, essentially. 7, 7 p.m. on Wednesday, isn't it? Is that when it's going out? Yeah, yep, 7 p.m. Wednesday. And just, just run through, I mean, you've spoken to a lot of people. Just give, give folks an idea of, of the sort of people you've got um, talking in there. Uh, so David Cheapshanks is in there. George Burley is in there. Kieran, obviously. Uh, James Scowcroft, Matt Holland, David Johnson, Tony Mowbray, Mark Venus. Um, some fans in there. There's a brief appearance from, from Martin Royster at the end as well. Uh, we were supposed to go over to his home in Den Haag to see him, but that was like the very first week of coronavirus, essentially back in March that that got, got cancelled due to travel bans and, and things like that. So we weren't able to get over to see him. Um, I would love to have been him for him to have been involved a lot more mm. than he was. Um, but there's a little bit in there from him and Marcus Stewart and Richard Naylor as well. Yeah. It, honestly, I mean, obviously, I would say is it something that we've put together or, or you've put together with our, our brilliant video team, our content, as it were. I would say it's brilliant, but it is genuinely, I think, probably one of the best things you will see that's ever been done around Ipswich Town. And certainly that that day, which is obviously a, a, a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, it is a fantastic film um, and it's you're going to love it when you see it. I can't wait for people to, to watch it and hopefully we'll be able to talk a bit more about it. Thursday and also Ross of course before we go we should also mention another much loved thing is returning Ross Meat season two is coming back on November the 1st and uh, who have you got lined up in season two of Ross Meats Roscoe? Yes when I become serious and don't you know be stupid and stuff uh, but yeah got uh, players from different eras um, players who made maybe weren't so successful but you know got Matt Holland. Um, who, of course, features very heavily in the Wembley documentary. Um, Gus Unableek. Oh, my oh, word. God. <laughs> Brilliant. Gus Unableek, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Liam Craig, who lifted a youth cup for town in 2005. Yeah. Um, Marcus Bent and um, Gavin Johnson. So they're the five, first five um, guests for the uh, Series 2. So And then hopefully many more to come. And the plan is to put those out on Sunday, isn't it, now, going forward? Yes, yeah, Sunday mornings is the plan. So if you fancy something to listen to on your Sunday, on your little walks or whatever, or just chilling on the sofa, listen to me and uh, a town player. What more could you want? Making some breakfast, making, yeah. some egg, making some scrambled eggs, yeah. stick Ross meats on. Yeah, exactly. We've got so much stuff coming out of the channel these days. It's absolutely tremendous. Is there anything else you want to talk about, boys, before we take our leave, Hutchie? Um, I bumped into an Ipswich Town player in the supermarket yesterday. Did you? Yeah. Uh, Caden Jackson, he's out. It was his first day of freedom. He's out of uh, 
coronavirus um, isolation. How is he then? When can he when he when can he actually play again? Um, I imagine he's trained. He's trained today. It does. I, I don't think he's going to be involved in the Gillingham game. I think that yeah. may be maybe a little bit too soon. He's basically not been able to train for for two weeks. Essentially, best part of two weeks. Um, I, I must be honest. I I did have to do a little in, when I saw him. I had to do a little bit of maths in my head just to just to just to check that the yeah. uh, <laughs> that the right amount of time had been had passed but no it, it has and um thankfully he's 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 well his family are well and uh yeah he's uh he's definitely looking forward to playing again excellent good to hear roscoe anything else to mention from your side that hopefully i feel better yes fingers crossed everyone pray for ross um <laughs> his immune system by the sound of it's let him down again um so so yeah light, light some candles for ross if you can tonight what it leads me to say then is obviously the usual stuff. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you can, if you've enjoyed the stuff, um, and also subscribe. Hit on your various podcast providers. The uh, the reviews really help us visibility-wise in the charts. And also follow us across all our social medias. on uh, It's Kings of Anglia on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and most importantly, of course, on Wednesday, YouTube. Um, I also watched this weekend, boys, the Borat film, the new Borat film. It was absolutely dreadful. Uh, and I actually, we turned it off. Um, I don't know if you're fans of, of Sasha Baron Cohen's work. Um, I enjoyed the first Borat film. It was 14 years ago, unbelievably. And I don't know if it's just because I've now sort of I've aged, I've matured maybe since I watched the uh, the first one. It was utter shit. So I would recommend uh, staying away from that uh, if you can. If you are giving the opportunity to watch it, maybe, maybe don't. Um, I did watch something else that had Sasha Baron Cohen, which is excellent, though, which is The Trial of the Chicago 7, which is on Netflix, and I'd highly recommend that. Any other um, TV recommendations before we head off, boys? Um, I watched the first hour of the Borat film. It's it's not a patch on the first one, is it? No. It, it just I'm, seems like a collection of gags kind of chucked together. Into... Yeah, I mean, obviously... He does his best work, certainly with that character. He kind of uses the character to kind of expose people's underlying kind of racism, homophobia, um, all those kind of unpleasant views. But for me, it just, A, it just felt like it hadn't moved on at all from 14 years ago. And B, I just didn't think it was that funny. Did you, Hutchie? Cringy funny. Um, yeah. I, yeah, without without putting my TV review hat on too much, it, it took ages to get going it, mm. it was a, yeah is it, it's not great I, I, I don't think i feel as passionately against it as, as you do and i probably will finish watching it but it's not i'm not convinced the second one needed to be made no no what are you watching at the moment roscoe i i, I watched borat as well this weekend and uh, yeah i agree with you both i didn't finish watching it me and sasha just looked at each other and went should we change over yeah let's go um, I'm not really watching much else, really. It's not. I'm just repeating the Peep Show. I just, I just an easy watch. I just repeat <laughs> yeah. it. The nine seasons. I just, just when, when I finish the all the seasons, I just go back. It's just something easy to watch. Peep uh, Show is one of those rare shows that I would argue actually improves as it gets gets further into its run. It gets better and better. It is brilliant. Well then, boys, I suppose you better start talking about TV and go and do some some work. Um, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, obviously. Fingers crossed that Town can get back uh, to winning ways tomorrow, home against Gillingham. We'll be back uh, Wednesday or Thursday, depending what happens tomorrow night and how quickly we need to talk to you all about what happens. So have a great first part of the week. Enjoy the game tomorrow if you're watching it. And we'll talk to you again later on in the week. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.